Dixie is not a place. It's a state of mind. To some, it is a healthy state of mind because it divides the United States into two distinct political and cultural zones. To others, the term is a very sentimental one because it signifies a romantic world non-existent in many parts of the country, yet still preserved in the conservative older sections of our South. Whatever interpretation one wishes to put on the word Dixie, it is a term readily understood by everyone. There's no need to be apologetic about using it. So vast a country as the United States of America is bound to have regional differences and peculiarities. The New Englander is just as proud of his heritage and way of life as is the Californian or any other native of the country. Dixie simply refers to the southern states. Its geographical boundaries are somewhat vague at times because there are states not properly within the defined area of Dixie, yet close to it. In this collection of cases, I have confined myself to what are generally referred to as the southern states. Oklahoma, which to many represents a western state, has been included since a large portion of that state does lie within the boundaries of the south. The term Dixie, incidentally, is derived from the Mason-Dixon line, a somewhat arbitrary border between the northern and the southern states. This line was established at the time of the Industrial Revolution, when it was becoming more and more clear that the South would develop along different lines than the Industrial North. Those who lived above the Mason-Dixon line were then considered Northerners, while the territory below the line constituted the South. Theoretically, the war between the states abolished the inequities between the people who lived north of the Mason-Dixon line and those who lived south of it. But it is only now that the Bill of Rights is being put into full effect in this respect and that the wounds of the Civil War are gradually healing. However, from the time of the war between the states to the recent congressional moves toward racial integration— there has been an unspoken boundary between the northern and southern states, a border that wasn't marked on any map, but nevertheless existed as a reality. Until a few years ago, to cross the Mason-Dixon line meant, in some respects, exactly what it had meant before the war between the states. The natural character of Southerners in the United States is, of course, similar to that of Southern people anywhere else in the world. They live at a slower pace than their northern brethren, appreciate a life of comfort, hold to conservative political views rather than the more radical revolutionary ones, favor an agricultural society over an industrial one, and even their speech is slower, more melodic, perhaps even more slurred than that of their more precise, somewhat nervously motivated northern neighbors. This is not a development unique to America. It exists also in Italy, Austria, Germany, and even France, where the southerner, or meridional, is a distinctive type. Tension exists between north and south in these lands, just as it exists in this country. On the other hand, the southerners have been responsible for much of the cultural development in all of these cases, simply because southerners have more time for leisure more time to ruminate about their past, and are perhaps more conscious of their ties to past values and traditions.
It would be foolish to assume that the pronounced difference between North and South in the United States is merely due to the question of black people and their role in the economy. That may have been the main issue just before the Civil War, when the problem was chiefly an economic one and the large plantations relied very heavily on slave labor. But it is not a vital issue today, and yet the differences between North and South remain pronounced. The slower, more tradition-bound atmosphere of the southern states tends to encourage a preoccupation with the occult. The personal attitude of many southerners toward the unseen differs sharply from that of the northerner. Up north, there is less time for psychic phenomena. In the south, one takes these things in stride, especially when the story being told is romantic and interesting— and Southerners are great storytellers.